What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Hoops Hive podcast, where we provide you coverage of one simple thing, and that is basketball. Whether it be news inside the NBA or around college basketball, we have got you covered here on the Hoops Hive podcast. Uh, so this is probably the first time we've I had back-to-back episodes in a couple we um, couple months actually. Um, over the next two episodes, uh, Luke and I are going to be going over some standing predictions tonight or today, I should say. Um, me and him are going to go through our list of the Eastern Conference and go backwards from 15 all the way to one, and go through our predictions of what we think the Eastern Conference is going to look like. Uh, for this upcoming season. NBA preseason has started. So, Luke, uh, how are you feeling about this season? I'm excited for the year, obviously, coming off the Bucks championship. Um, sorry, I didn't turn my fan off. I probably could hear that. Um, the Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm not really watching much preseason because I honestly could care less. It's just it's almost this year. It seems like a continuation of the summer league. It's just a lot of the young guys getting play time. Um, but I'm excited for the regular season in what two three weeks. Yeah, October um, October nineteenth is is the start. You know, two weeks from today, that is. So, yeah, or from yesterday, if you're listening on the day of the release. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the Bucks Memphis game, and um, we are recording obviously the night before the release, so. Um, tonight, the Memphis and the Milwaukee game, actually, it looks like I was listening just a couple of minutes ago. They were, um, all the Bucks players were showered and ice on their knees. They had a couple of wings with them. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton carried those out and they were in street clothes. So they aren't expecting to uh, play that fourth quarter. They only played 36 minutes as of now. Um, but I have no other update on that. Um, they let them go home, man. It's a preseason. Yeah. That they, <laughs> they pro- yeah, they probably won't end up playing that fourth quarter, but it looked they looked pretty. The Bucks obviously they were down eighty seven seventy seven, but um, a couple of the guys looked really good out on the floor tonight. Obviously, like Brook Lopez was playing uh, since he is like a veteran, he's older, so he needs to get his playing time in a little bit in the preseason. Um, but some of the younger guys uh, actually put up some good minutes out there for the Bucks. Uh, but that's that's talk for another week. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start this week's episode, which is um, going to focus on the Eastern Conference uh, standings predictions. Uh, we're gonna go backwards, starting with number fifteen. Um, so, if Luke, you want to start us out here, who is your last place team in the Eastern Conference for this upcoming season? Yeah, I know you said you think we both have the same team. We'll see. I have the Orlando Magic last. Um... They, I'm just looking at the roster right now. They, I don't know who's going to score for this team. I guess Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony are going to have to be the only two scorers. Uh, they, they're just bad. Uh, <laughs> they, I do like them getting Jalen Suggs though. They didn't really have the only problem I have with that is that they just have so many guards um, between him, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, R.J. Hampton. Uh, even Gary Harris, like they have to decide which one of the, which like, like probably two or three of these guys are going to keep and then decide with the rest. Uh, they have to figure out something in the front court. Mo Bamba, he's, I 
this is his last year on his rookie contract, and um, I don't think they're going to extend him. Uh, Robin Lopez is a veteran. Wendell Carter, though, that I do like Wendell Carter coming into the season. Um, and I think that was a good addition for them last year, a good way to transition from boost division to the uh, more youthful bigs. And obviously Jonathan Isaac, um, <laughs> vaccine status aside, <laughs> um, <laughs> can, can produce for them defensively. But offensively, they might be kind of a mess uh, outside of their two uh, young guards. Yeah, and you, and you were talking about you were talking about a lot of their young guards. Um, I feel like really, really thirteen through fifteen in this conference, they have that same problem. They're they have a young core, um, but they don't really, especially defensively, they don't have a lot going for them. Um, but at least in my predictions, thirteen through fifteen have that same type of problem, uh, where they have a good young. They have a couple of good young players, but they, it's not going to do them any good, even with a couple of veterans on the team. They just don't have anywhere to go, um, especially with the talent that's in the East already. Um, and my 15th team is the Magic. I knew that we were going to have that one. Probably the same. Uh, I have them dropping a spot from last year. They finished 14th in the conference last year. Uh, like you said, I liked how they drafted Jalen Suggs. He's an explosive young guard. Um, on both ends of the floor. He can play defense as well as his offensive capabilities are off the charts. Um, so it'll be fun to see him down in Orlando. But like you said, they really have nothing going for him otherwise. <laughs> so. so that's it. You, we go to 14? Yep. Yeah, but yeah, I got, I got nothing else on All the right. magic. Uh, right. You can go ahead with your number 14. My number 14, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They finished 13th last year. Um, they It's very similar, but the thing is they they do have two small young guards that they have decided to uh, con Sexton on the contract year this year, and he's going to want, like, over $20 million. And Darius Garland, who has two more years left on his uh, rookie contract, I believe. And I think they're going to choose Garland in the end. I think Consex might get dealt at some point this year. And if not, I don't think he's on the team next year. I think they just let him walk, um, either whether it's a sign-and-trade or just a straight-up sign. Um, but they just have so many. I don't know. They are investing a lot into their big man core. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. They So this summer, they, they already have Kevin Love on the roster. I don't necessarily know his contract situation. Um, but they re-signed Jerry Allen to a five-year uh Think twenty million a year extension, five year, hundred million dollar extension. They used the number three pick on Evan Mobley. Was it two pick, three pick? Because two is Jalen Green. Number three pick on an, uh, Evan Mobley, another big. And then they signed Laurie Markinen for whatever reason. The only wing that they like have on their team for like the future seems like Isaac Okoro, who I do like defensively. But like I, wings to me are, are the most important thing, especially in, as far as depth goes, because they're so versatile. Usually, they can a lot of wings if they're like six five to six eight can play, like two through four, um, and they just don't have anybody other than like Shetty Osman who's been there since the LeBron days. Like I, I they're 
they have talent for sure. And last year, I thought a couple weeks into the season that they could be a um, like a play-in team, maybe even a playoff team. And they just didn't live up to that. And I don't see it this year just because they're too they're too big, heavy, and then they have the guard situation. And I like if they had one bigger guard, I think it would make sense, but Sexton and Garland both being so small makes it a problem for me, both being 6'1". I would like, if like one of them was like 6'3", 6'4", uh, I think it could work, but like having that small guard and then just the, all the big men with like barely any wings just kind of turns me off from them. Yeah, I get it. Um, uh, so we're on number 14. My 14... A team in the Eastern Conference is going to be the Detroit Pistons. Um, they finished at last in the conference last year and got the overall uh, overall number one pick in the draft, obviously taking Cade Cunningham. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, like, obviously Cade Cunningham, is he's a, he's a great player. He's going to have a major impact on the Detroit Pistons. Um, but I actually see the Cavs be, uh, a couple games better. Uh, than the Pistons this year. Um, there's a couple of guys I do like on the Pistons, um, but just like with the Magic, they have a younger core where they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything special out in the Eastern Conference for me. I had the Pistons 13, so I might as well just keep talking about that. I, my thing with the Pistons is I think they at least have a not star, but a form like a guy who was almost like an all-star candidate last year in Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cavs don't really have that. Kevin Love is washed at this point. Um, I mean, Colin Sexton had a good start to the season. It didn't seem, it seemed like he could be an all-star candidate, but kind of flamed out. Um, still a good offensive talent, but just like Jeremy Grant to me can, I think lift the Pistons as along what side, Kate Cunningham to at least a few more wins than the Cavs, in my opinion. Uh, I and I think they signed some guys who can contribute. Kelly Olynyk, I know it was in Houston, but was he was averaging like 19 points per game when he got to Houston last year. Uh, I like. I think Isaiah Stewart will progress well this year. I think guy Josh Jackson was a pretty solid bench player for them last year. Kind of had a bit of a resurgence after a not so great start to his career. Uh, even Killian Hayes progressing, uh, saving Lee. Like these are guys I think are just better than the guys that the Cavs have on their roster. Sadiq Bay as well. All right, so my number thirteenth, we we flip flop here, and my number thirteenth team, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I know you were talking about getting Evan Mobley and with the third pick and getting another big. Um, but basically, over what the past three or forty, three or forty three years, I think they they have been going guard um, every single time they drafted. Um, Dylan Windler's really, I mean, he's like a guard. He's like a like he's like a four like guard and he's forward. A, he's another wing, but I just yeah, don't he, know where he fits on that team. Um, but as far as the future goes, the past four draft picks. Um, three of which were inside of the lottery. Uh, they went on guards. They, they drafted guards. Uh, so I liked, I like Evan Mobley, especially watching him in college. Um, 
He can stretch the floor uh, defensively and offensively. Um, and he's going to be a great rim protector, I think, for the Cavs. And I think they're just a couple of games better um, uh, than the Pistons. I think the potential is there for that young core with the Cavs, but they're not going to obviously do anything with it. Yeah. Um, 12. We got in 12? Yep. All right, 12. I got the Washington Wizards. Um, Mr. MVP and first team all defense, Bradley Beal. Um, I don't know. Did you <laughs> see that Bradley Beal? Did you see Bradley Beal's wish list for the season? Uh, no, I did not. He, he wants to, his three goals this year are to win MVP, be first team all defense, and make the playoffs. <laughs> and he's going over three. First team all defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a joke. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's – they were going to be bad. Um, they made the playoffs last year, actually, but they had Russell Westbrook, who had a pretty solid year, um, averaging another triple-double. Uh, they replaced him with Spencer Dinwiddie, who's obviously not of that caliber since he's always a good point guard, but probably a good backup or a starter on a team that already has a bunch of other guys, but – I've said it for the last two teams. These guys are bad. Um, yeah. They, they like, I don't really know. Like this team that has no identity It's just give Bradley Beal the ball and let him score. Like that's what it's going to be. I don't know what I'm looking at the roster right now. I have no clue what any of these guys are all they're going to be. Um, I, I can't tell you a rotation. Like it's looking bad. Like Thomas Bryant is a solid set starting center. Um, on a rebuilding team, I guess. Uh, I oh, Rui Hachimura. I do like Rui yeah, Hachimura Ru- coming this year. Um, yeah, yeah, he he's gonna be he's gonna make my, a jump. I think. Yeah, he's gonna have to be the second best player. <laughs> that's that's not a good second best. Player. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's between him bad, and Spencer but... Dinwiddie, but yeah, I, they're better than the other team. They're a T. I, I did put them a tier above the other team because they do have like a real all star. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have the same thing as you. I have my 12th team as the Wizards. They were eighth last year uh, making the playoffs. Um, obviously, like you brought up first, they lost Russell Westbrook, um, which was right next to Bradley Beal. They were the two scoring options. Um, out of that deal, they got Kuzma. They got Kuzma, Catavius, Caldwell Pope, and um, Montrez Harrell. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um Hey, on the Lakers, like they they didn't have a major role on uh, on the team, so I don't know what they're gonna do with the Wizards. Um, like you said, and I'm looking at the roster as well. Um, and there's there's really nothing there. So, but um, yeah, I I have no idea what to think of the Wizards. It's Bradley Beal and everybody else, basically, to me. Yeah. I- don't have interest in watching his games this year. Um, but <laughs> Even I mean, against the Bucks, <laughs> I watched them against the Bucks, um, probably. National That's, televised game, Washington uh, Wizards versus the New York Knicks. Yeah, I'm not tuning in. Let's move <laughs> on to um, number 11. I have the Toronto Raptors. This was someone I changed for, uh, like an hour ago. Actually, I had my uh, standings a little bit different, so I shook it up. I, they're just really young to me. Uh, obviously, 
three years now off a championship. Um, uh, but they're already in a rebuilding stage because the guy who won that championship just dipped right away. But, I mean, Siakam – Siakam's good enough. I can definitely see them in the play-in. I don't really – I can't see them higher than seven, but Siakam's good enough, I guess, if he has a bounce-back year to get them up to an eight seed. Also, Fred Van Bleet. Um, I do really like this, their draft pick this year in Scotty Barnes, especially I've seen some clips of him this season or in this preseason on training camp. Um, just using his athleticism to just – not full potential, but what he can do right now. I know a lot of people say he plays like Giannis, not to that extent, obviously, but in that type of um, that type of game style. And I do typically like players like that. Obviously, I'm biased because Giannis is my favorite player. But mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of the times when I like players who play like him, they don't pan out very well. Uh, but I, I think he's different. He has all the defensive tools. Uh, they're going to have to figure out the Gore and Dragic situation since he vocally doesn't want to be there. Uh, I really like OG Ananobi. They just know how to produce talent uh, out of anywhere. Guys like OG Ananobi, even Norman Powell is not there anymore. But like a guy like that, like they like they know how to get yeah, when he was talent there, he from was, the second yeah. round. Gary Trent Jr., who they got for Norman Powell, he's there still. Very good scorer. Whether he's off the bench or in the starting lineup, they, uh, I, yeah, I, I can see them being in the play-in or even the playoffs, but I, I don't have them over the teams that I have in that spot right now. All right, I actually flipped, um, I, I flipped this back and forth a couple of times. I just didn't know, um, but my eleventh seed. Uh, in the East are the Toronto Raptors, just like Luke. Um, obviously, losing Kyle Lowry is is a pretty big big piece missing there. Um, the veteranship that he brought to the team. Yeah, didn't even um, mention that completely. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, I they were twelfth last year, so um, they'll, I, I see them making basically staying the same or making a jump one spot. Uh, just the the amount of talent that got moved around in the East and the amount of teams that made improvements to their team. Um, I don't see the Raptors moving up. Maybe, maybe, like you said, maybe into the play-in, but after that, I don't think they're going to be a solid eight. Like if, if they actually made it into the playoffs without making the play-in, I would be surprised. Um, like you said, Siakam, Pascal Siakam, and Friends Van Vliet, that, that duo has the potential uh, to yeah, make Siakam, something. Siakam was all NBA two years ago when he was the number one guy. So mm-hmm. he has the potential and he's not old. He's probably, he's what, 28. I think he's like a year older than Giannis. Yeah. He's pretty young. So he's in his, I would just say he's in his prime. Like he, he definitely has, he can bounce back. He wasn't completely awful last year. Like he, like he didn't play it up to how we should, but he can definitely fr- put them and, in the and- play in. And Fred Van Vliet, he's not a, like a scrub player. He's like a – he could easily drop 20 points on you easily. So, like, it's it's something where I just thought the teams above them made a lot more improvements. Um, and obviously losing Kyle Lowry was the biggest piece for me uh, with placing the Raptors here in the 11th seed in the East. 
All right, so, we on uh, ten? Yeah, I, I have nothing else on my eleven. Right. So if you want to move on to ten, I have the Charlotte Hornets at ten. Um, I'm kind of looking at the roster right now. I don't really have many thoughts on this team. Honestly, I like Lamelo is cool. <laughs> Miles Bridges, <laughs> hey Miles, hey Miles Bridges, go get that. Uh, go listen to that Miles Bridges album. I, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was playing. I know you said you said that in the, the gym yesterday. Yeah, man, I was playing that in the gym yesterday. Um, it went crazy. That's like, a, hey, yeah, go get the Miles Bridges album. But um, yeah, they added Kelly Oubre. He didn't play very well at all last season, but maybe he bounces back. I like their. Uh, I like the draft pick James Boop Knight. He can score the ball really well, playing next to a playmaker and Lamelo. Lamelo is going to be fun with Miles Bridges and James Book Knight. Like it's going to be fun. Gordon Hayward obviously had a pretty solid year last year, and I think he's kind of the X factor on this team that makes them a playoff team. Like while still being able to rebuild, which I think is valuable, uh, being able to get like playoff experience while being young and rebuilding as long as you have your core guys already. So yeah, that's really my thoughts. Uh, they had Matt Mason Plumley since they lost Cody Zeller, I guess. Uh, yeah. All right. So I, I told you this, I told you this before we started recording, but um, seven, seven to nine was really tough for me because like, you know, you know, like the top of the conference, you know, kind of where teams are going to teams are going to be and stuff like that. Um, but this seven to nine area in the East was, was pretty tough. And I'm, I actually made a couple of moves, uh, with teams over, uh, they're going to play up to their potential or over their potential and be in a higher seed. So my 10th seed is the Pacers. I know, I know that's a bad pick or a bad prediction right now because the Pacers are way better than a 10 seed in the East. Um, this is a really, really scary team, uh, if they stay healthy, uh, but for right now, just right now, um, I have them them as my 10 seed. I don't know why, but it, it's a bad prediction right now. But with the way my rankings went, that's just where they landed. Like it was tough for me to pick the Pacers, but this is a playoff team. This is like if they if if they did, if they were placed in preseason rankings in like the 10 spot, this would be a team to pick for the playoffs because they're that good. I had I had Indiana in 10 at originally. Uh, I changed that like an hour ago. Uh, is that all you had on the Pacers? Yeah, I mean, like I, I the, we can I can talk more about them when I'm when I have them up at nine. This one might be surprising. Honestly, I feel kind of gross picking this, but. Like I, I just had to, like the teams above them. I just think are better. Um, I have the Knicks at nine. Uh, they were the were they fourth last year? Yes, they were fourth. These, and they got they they got lost. Yeah. They lost four. Yeah. They won one playoff game, and they they yeah. chanted. They they made their chant, and then they they lost yeah. four in a row. Yeah, I I have them ninth um, this year. It, they have talent. Like Julius Randle was really good last year. All NBA, most improved player. Uh, we saw him in the playoffs just stink it up, but uh, I mean, it's just that like, they have a good collection of veteran talent. It's just the teams above them. I had to put above them. Like I, like I, I don't even know what to say. Like, 
they're cool. <laughs> and you said you said the Knicks, you had your Knicks as your ninth spot, right? Knicks, yeah. All right. Is that all you had on them? Yeah, I mean, maybe if you have, whenever you get to the Knicks, if you have any more talking points, I can hit on them. But I mean, they add Kemba Walker, which is a cool, probably bench add. Um, they add Evan Fournier, which is kind of significant as a scorer, uh, probably a certain shooting guard. Uh, but I just don't see them being better than the eight teams I have above them. So that's all I have to say on them. All right, so so this next this is this is back to back like bad rankings on my end, but this is again something this this team in my ninth spot is something where like it's either gonna be like the biggest boom in the world and they're gonna finish like top five in the conference, or they're gonna be like the biggest bust and they can't they can't play with each other. Um, kind of like you mean, kind of like we yeah you kind of get what I mean. But after saying that, it's kind of like the Nets where you thought oh well. You know, like obviously you have Kevin Durant, if it, James Harden, and to the Nets. Well, well, no, okay, but like I know what not, you're saying. not I, that type of level, but like we didn't know what they were going to be. <laughs> um, but my ninth team, long story short, my ninth team is the Bulls. I like all their additions. Obviously, they bring in Lonzo. Um, bring in Lonzo with Zach Levine. They, they, they I like their. Um, Obviously, being being a big college basketball guy, I like their draft pick in Io Desomu uh, going. They also bring in Alex Caruso, Demar Derozan. Um, they're going to be a really I, they're going to be a really good team. I just have to see them in in the regular season play to that level before I can rank them any higher. Honestly, All right, they, yeah. they, they, uh, their team is their well, team is good. All right, I'll get to my eight. I got I have the Pacers at eight. It, they're just a team that's kind of stuck, in my opinion. They don't have enough talent to get over the hump and be like a five or maybe even six. I could see them being six, but it would be rough, like injuries or whatever would have to happen, I think. Uh, but they just they just have a bunch of good players. They just don't have – like Sabonis. Sabonis is the closest thing I think they have to great or even uh, Miles Turner because of how – versatile he is both as like a he's like a three and d center but i i the, they just don't have anybody who's like fantastic and they just have a bunch of good talent and to me they just can't really get over that hump and a bunch of their good talent isn't even like young like they don't have like a great young core guys and they're up building up it's like i feel like this is they're kind of stuck here so i won't be surprised if they make a move this year involving Sabonis or Turner or even Brogdon. Um, Cause they even drafted Chris Duarte. Like he, he, he's actually, he, 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 I'm going to comment on him. He's, he's, he is going to be like, he is really old for being, obviously being in the draft class he's in. Um, but he's going to be like Malcolm Brogdon coming into the league. I'm like, I'm putting That's that fine. out there right he can now. Be, he can be good. He's 24 though. Like this team is old as <laughs> Well, yeah, but like, like he's gonna play like he's gonna play like Malcolm Brogdon did coming. Like he's fine. gonna. I'm just saying they don't have a like a young core to build around. They're, like I don't know what their future is this year. I think they can be a playoff team, but two years from now, I don't know what they look like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the verge gonna be good, I guess. Again, um, that's all I have on them. All right, so my eight seed, 
coming into this year is going to be the Charlotte Hornets. I really like um, who they have around. They have LaMelo. Obviously, he showed out in his rookie season. They have P.J. Washington and um, Terry, scary Terry Rozier. So, um, in my opinion, I think they'll exceed um, what people are looking at them as. Um, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I, I do really like James Booknight watching him at UConn. He's a pure scorer offensively, and he can get a bucket anywhere on the floor. You you tell him to spot up wherever, he's going to knock it down. So I really like the young young guys that they have going around in Charlotte, and I have them as my eighth seed um, above some of the teams that you probably have, like the Pacers and the Bulls. Yeah, I have I have the Bulls uh, seventh. Um, I really wanted to put them sixth, but I just couldn't put them over the team. I have six. Uh, those like talent wise, they should be like a five six seed. It's just the East has a lot of depth this year. I like I like adding Lonzo. I think he's a perfect guy to go with the other guys. The guy with Zach Levine and well, they already had Zach Levine. But with DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic, guys who already can score, they didn't need a scoring guard. They needed a guy who can play, make, and defend. That's what Alonzo Ball gives you. Um, you got DeRozan, who I used to not be a big fan of, and I still don't know if I'm big as as a player. Um, I like a lot of stuff he does per, as a person with uh, mental health awareness and stuff of that nature. But um, as far as as a player, I used to not be a big fan of him just because I felt like he was a very one-dimensional guy who can only score from 15 feet and within. But uh, <clears throat> watching playoff games recently, I, I realized like the mid-range game is a lot more valuable than it seems. I just wish he could do a little bit more. But actually, he has, in his time in San Antonio, he did improve a lot as a playmaker. He, does, he plays a lot as like a pick-and-roll like point forward. And I think him teaming back up with Vucevic could be a big could be um, a big thing as they were college teammates and I believe even college roommates, so they already have a connection there. Um, I like their additions off the bench, even with Alice Caruso. Um, I think that's that's the only bench that they really had as far as a, a good one. But they even have Kobe White off the bench, who some people say in a couple of years, maybe even this year, could be a. a like a dark horse candidate for six man of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope the, the, the X factor here is that do we see a, a leap from Patrick Williams? He's a good defensive young player, but I think we need to see a, a little bit more with him if they want to contend into that um, higher playoff season. All right. Yeah, I know. I knew this was going to be like a, we're going to have a lot of uh, talking points from these seven to nine seeds. Obviously we had, totally different rankings um, through this area of the conference and my seventh seed um, when it comes down to it, will be the New York Knicks. Um, obviously they were a four seed last year, definitely exceeding expectations. Nobody really saw the Knicks making, making it a top five seed in the conference, um, but they did it. And obviously with the additions of other teams and the players that they got above in my list, um, I knocked the Knicks back down uh, to the seventh seed. Obviously, R.J. Barrett, he's going to have another big year. Um, last year, he averaged just about 15 points a game, and he could also rebound the basketball. He averaged just over seven rebounds a game last year as well. Uh, he could he could get a little better. 
Um, shooting the ball outside, especially in his last, obviously in that one round against the Hawks, he only shot at about like 29% from outside of the arc. Uh, so he can definitely improve on that stretch of his game. Um, but like you said, again, the additions of Kemba and even um, Evan Fournier, I, I think I think they're going to be sitting inside inside of the playoffs pretty good this season. All right, I got at six. I got Boston. I got the Celtics. Um, I I like some of the stuff they did to build around their um, main two guys in Tatum and Brown. Um, I expect to see a uh, a leap, especially from Brown. I feel like this year to be even morally. I think Tatum is kind of cemented there, but I think Brown can be almost on that same level, especially defensively. Uh, and then I, I feel like they tooled around them pretty well, getting Dennis Schroeder on a one-year deal um, for, for pretty cheap since he decided to decline that big deal that the Lakers had offered him. Um, I think we see a big leap from Robert Williams. I think we see – and I like them getting back um, – getting Al Horford back as like a bench big. Uh, Josh Richardson, he had a pretty rough goal last year in Dallas, but I think defensively, if he's just asked to play defense and let the rest of the guys score, I think he could could have some success there too. And I'm interested to see what they do with their new head coach, uh, Emade Udoka. Uh, I think everyone was surprised when Brad Stevens just kind of stepped down and said, I'm just going to be the GM now, uh, considering how successful he had been in the past, at least as a coach. I remember, I don't know if you remember in like, was it 2016 or 2017? There was a poll on Twitter. They were like, who would you rather have to lead your franchise? And it was Brad (laughs) Stevens or Giannis. And it was like 70% (laughs) Brad Stevens. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, 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 like they should be another team that should be a little higher in the standings, but I just can't put them against any of the top five teams. All right, so th- this this is uh, my sixth team. Um, you're probably gonna laugh at this, but I have the 76ers. I just don't know. Hey, I, I just I'm not gonna laugh at that. I, I'm gonna laugh at the 76ers. I'm not gonna laugh at you for that though. I don't. I don't, I don't know what's happening with Ben Simmons. Obviously, it, it's no question that Joel Embiid. It's going to be the number one guy on this team, even if Ben Simmons um, is playing. Uh, but I do, I do like the pieces that they have. Obviously, a lot of young guys um, like Tyrese Maxey. He stepped up last year and played uh, some good minutes when he played um, last, last season. I, I really enjoyed watching him. He's going to have a, I think he's going to have a big leap, especially if Ben Simmons is gone. He's going to have a big leap uh, coming into the season this year. They have. And they have a ton, a ton of veterans, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, Andre Drummond coming in. Um, and then obviously, like, you have Seth Curry coming into year seven, year six, year seven of the league. Um, but I, I, I just don't know about the Ben Simmons situation. I think the top five teams that I have are going to be better uh, than the Sixers at the moment. All right. I, I feel you. I put that five, I have, uh, I have the Hawks. Uh, I understand they beat the 76ers last year, but it was in seven games in a tough series. And we also, um, like Ben Simmons, who he, I don't, he's not going to be in Philadelphia this year. And he was a big reason of that loss. He wasn't the whole reason, I think, 
Uh, obviously, Tobias Harris had some rough games in that series. Even though MB had some tough games in that series, but like, and like in an 82 game season, I just don't think the Atlanta Hawks win more games than the 76ers with or without Ben Simmons. But I do. I, there are. I think Trey Young. Um, I meant to add this to our to our award predictions as the scoring champion. I think Trey Young wins a scoring championship this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I them bringing back John Collins makes sense. Uh, I don't think they're replacing him with anybody uh, of his value. So I I get them bringing him back for twenty five million dollars a year, whatever he got. Then you have Clint Capello who's the anchor of that defense. Otherwise, they really don't have that many good defenders. DeAndre Hunter is a good defender, though, on the wing. But a lot of their guys are just scorers. I do like Kevin Herter. I think I saw he was, like, top five in the most improved player odds, I think it was. Um, So, yeah, they just had the same way we talked about the Cavaliers and we talked about the Orlando Magic where they have, like, Stock for they had like a big log jam at one position. I think they have that at their wing position, and I think Cam Reddish is the guy that's gonna have to that they're gonna have to probably trade before it's restricted free agency because I don't think he's gonna get a boost over Bogdanovich or um, Kevin Herter or DeAndre Hunter or any of these other wing guys, even Neil Gonnar, even though he's older. Um, I, th- I think he's kind of the odd man out at this point. I think they're going to have to find a new place for him. But I, I see them being top five and being a contender to get to the conference finals again. I don't think they were a contender to win the conference, but they can get to the second, third round. Uh, yeah, so my, my fifth seed is exactly like yours. I have the Hawks sitting just where they were last year. Uh, last year, um, they finished fifth as well. Um, I mean, I mean, the first thing I really want to say is the team really didn't get any worse. Like, you, it didn't get any worse than it already was. Um, they just, just kind of stay the same. I think they yeah. improve because I think they're a young talent and they improve. So I think they got better. It's just there's good teams in the East this year. So like, I would, I would, pl- I would place the Hawks higher, but it's just the teams above them that I have. Just I mean, we say that- I've said that every <laughs> every single team. But I feel like. It's just the East has gotten deeper. Yeah. So I, I have the Hawks sitting fifth. Um, obviously, Trey Young is leading the way. Um, I do like a lot of their young guys. Uh, watching, I watched a lot of these guys in college. I watched DeAndre Hunter at Virginia. I watched Sharif Cooper um, at Auburn. He's a pure scorer. Um, Jalen Johnson at Duke. Obviously, he held out at the, towards the end of the season. But just watching him in training camp and – He's looking pretty good. Um, Cam Reddish is gonna. He, he's another good wing player for them that can play steady. And then obviously Lou Williams coming off the bench. Um, he's gonna be Lou Williams. So like I, I just have them staying basically the same. But like you said, they're. I'm not gonna really compare them to the Cavs and the Magic. I think their young core has a better potential. Obviously, I, no. I'm just. Saying, I'm not comparing them. To- as far as the whole core, I'm just saying they have a log jam and they're going to have to get rid at a certain position. They're going to have to get rid of one or two of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I got you. Um, but yeah, I, I have the Hawks sitting just where they were last year. Um, and I'm excited to see what this core can do. Cause it's, they're going to be good. They're going to be good for years to come. 
Yeah, uh, they were, I don't know if you saw the GM survey. I sent a few things from them, from that survey that came out today. But the GMs ranked the Hawks number one young core in the league. So they also said a lot of stuff that I thought was pretty stupid. But <laughs> uh, we don't really have time to talk about that GM survey, even though I wish we did. Um, yeah. The Yeah, I have the Sixers number four. Um, I just feel like they were the one seed last year, and uh, I think they still have that talent. I don't feel like they really got worse. I mean, it depends on the Ben Simmons situation. If he doesn't just come back and they just don't trade him, then, like, they just have a hole in their roster. But I still think even with that hole in their roster, they're, like, a four seed. Uh, if they get something back, they could be even better. But, um, I mean, it's Joel Embiid, who's an MVP candidate. It's all about staying healthy for him. Uh, mm-hmm. They have guy Seth Curry was big for them last year. Tobias Harris, uh, almost an All Star. Uh, I, I want to see Matisse Thybulle be more than almost a zero on the offensive end, but he's such a good defender that it almost doesn't matter. They brought in Drummond as a backup center. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, they're they're a top four team to me in the East. And the thing, the thing with me, the yeah. thing you have, the thing with me with the Sixers is, if if Ben Simmons doesn't play, it just leaves a gaping hole defensively for them. I think just that big piece defensively that misses, especially out on the perimeter. But I still um, think they're better than the Celtics and the Hawks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm pretty high on the Celtics this year. You'll see. Oh my That's god. Easy. Well, no, okay, not not as bad as you think, but. All right, so my four seed is Miami Heat. I have the Heat uh, sitting my at the four. My God, you have the Celtics high. What are we doing here? <laughs> hey, relax, relax. All right, so I have the Tatum for laugh. MVP. No, I can't stop laughing. Okay. All right, all right. So my four spot, Miami Heat. Um, I like the additions they brought in. Obviously, bringing in Kyle Lowry. Um. And PJ, PJ Tucker is going to be um, – obviously, you saw him with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's that guy off the bench. Even in the starting lineup, he can be implemented into the starting lineup. Not that he will be, but he's that spark off the bench. Um, yeah, he's a dog. Yeah, that, that, he, he's a Milwaukee. We got dogs. <laughs> he said, Milwaukee, we got dogs, and then dipped. He tried saying we got the dog pound in Miami. That's not, <laughs> that's, it's not working, PJ. All right, but um, obviously got the three Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler. Um, you can even add Tyler Hero in there. Obviously, he had kind of a down year um, last year, uh, but I see him him playing better again this year. Um, but I see them better. Better. They had a disappointing season last year, finishing as the sixth seed. I think getting, they're going to getting swept at the playoffs by. Yeah, by the by, by, by the Forbes. <laughs> um, but I see them better than the Hawks and uh, the Sixers if they can play up to their potential. So that's why I have them sitting at the four seed. Yeah, I got the Heat at third. Um, I hope they finish in fifteenth because I hate their fans. But um, yeah, I got them in. I got them in third. Uh, mainly the same things you said. They just have a lot of talent, a lot of veteran talent. Um, they can make the finals, I guess. I don't, I don't think they can make it over the top two teams. But I mean, they're I, to me, they're that third team that 
kind of thing can compete in the East. They just they have a really tough defense. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, even PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, all these guys can defend. Um, they bring back Duncan Robinson to be their shooter because a lot of the guys that this name can't shoot other than Kyle Lowry. Uh, Tyler Hero is a shooter, I guess, off the bench. They get Marquise Morrison, which is interesting. Um, they bring back twenty-second season of Udonis Haslam. <laughs> hey, <he's... laughs> uh, the X Factor the here is probably Victor Oladipo. If he if he can get back to even like eighty-five percent of who he was in Indiana, then I feel like they have a, a decent chance of contending in the conference. And I I totally forgot about him, but that. Um, I didn't even mention him in my uh, my clip when I talked about the Heat, but you made a good point there. Yeah. Um, sorry, are, are you done? Are you done talking? Yeah, about I'm talking about. I'm done. I'm done talking about the Heat. All right, you'll want to you'll want to hear this one. Oh, All right. God. So so my my third team in the East is going to be the Boston Celtics. I I am really obviously the Bucks and the Celtics. They have some playoff history, but um, I have a lot of respect. Uh, for a lot of the players on the Celtics. Um, and they're, they are going to be really, really good. They're going to be a top three team in the East, hands down. Whatever I say on this podcast is going to happen. Uh, so we can just move on. But um, no, I'm just joking. Um, but obviously, Jalen Brown, the big three, the big three in quotation marks, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is uh, a complete animal on the defensive end. Um, he brings that spark and that energy that the Celtics need on that team. And like you said, they bring in one year of Dennis Schroeder. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at the roster. Um, but the big thing for me, wow, placing as in third, doesn't even know the roster. Well, well, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but, but like the big thing for me, placing the Celtics here is health. And that's because like Jalen Brown can get injured easily. Um, and so the, the big thing for me, is health of this team, but they're they're definitely a, a top top three team for me. Okay. Um. Uh. Sure. I I, I don't see it, but I'm gonna. That's move good. On. That's good. We have differentiating yeah. different different opinions, and that's I'm what gonna, makes I'm it gonna a title, good. I'm gonna title this podcast like "Are Are, are the Celtics Real? Are the Celtics Contenders?" <laughs> yeah, that'll get clicks. Clicks equals. Equals views and, and views. The, com- the comment. Everyone's gonna get Twitter mentions. Just <laughs> fire Jacob. Um, number two, I have the Bucks, the champs. They got. Uh, I don't. Do I have to say what? I mean, the, the top two teams. What do we have to say really? Um, yeah, it's, it's. They just won the championship. They didn't get. M- I don't think they got much better or worse. Honestly, they lost PJ Tucker and Brent Forbes. Brought in. Grayson Allen, who I think was a genius pickup, getting uh, Grayson Allen for Sam Errol and um, like two second round picks, the guy who wasn't going to play for us for possibly a starting shooting guard. Um, and they also get oh George Hill comes back um, to be the backup point guard after <laughs> losing the goat Jeff Teague. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my own, like as long as they stay healthy, they'll be the two seed. I think or the top two seed. I know you you have your thing with Jordan Aurora. You might talk about, but um, 
I want to see, I don't really, I don't think there's any, um, but you, I really want to see like big improvement from, um, cause I just, I think everyone kind of is who they is on his, is who, whatever, you know, what is I mean. who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Is who they are on this team at this point. And I think, um, they just come back and be contenders. Yeah. And we, we're going to have, we're going to have the same two teams here. Um, I have the Bucks uh, making the two seed. Uh, they were the third seed last season. Um, obviously, I see no one getting the number one seed over the Nets. Uh, but like you said, the Bucks, like what you really have to do coming off of a championship, you're going to have your main core locked down with the money and everything. Um, so you have Chris, Drew, um, Giannis all locked down money-wise. Uh, you just kind of have to get um, obviously, losing PJ Tucker and Brian Forbes off the bench, you're gonna you're gonna have to get somebody, and they did that. They get a lot of experience, especially veteran experience, which is a big key. Um, especially losing PJ, he was a he was a good veteran piece off the bench, and obviously in the starting lineup coming the playoffs. Um, but you get Rodney Hood, you get George Hill, who last time he played for the Bucks, um, he led the league in three point percentage, and then you got some of the young guys like Jordan Wara. Um, I don't know how many minutes uh, he's going to get this year, uh, but I we hope he does get that yesterday. I, I don't think he's going to have minutes. He's just so awful in the defensive end. And I, if he can learn how to just be a catch-and-shoot guy off the bench this year at least, then I think he can be a valuable like five-minute pickup guy if someone needs a rest. But other than that, I don't see much from Jordan Ward this season. Yeah, like it, it, we're, I think the Bucks are just too deep. Um, in that in that sense, like I think um, I think that I hope he gets more minutes than Jordan Moore this season. Mm-hmm. But I I just hope, especially I mean it's different. Like like you said, we were talking yesterday. Um, it's different because like in the summer league, he was the facilitator. He ran the offense and everything. And even like yesterday in the in the preseason game, um, he wasn't really doing. He wasn't really starting up the offense. He was more of a wing player and everything. Um, he had 16 points through three quarters. Um, shooting 50%, but I just hope he gets some minutes because I think the way he played, well, summer league it's different, but like even like yesterday, I think he deserves some minutes um, at some point in the year. They do have the rookie of the year, though. The real freak <laughs> freak. <laughs> I'm going to move on to number one. We both have the Nets. We don't really have to say much here. They have three of the top uh, I don't know. I have Kyrie's the top ten player, three top fifteen players in the league, um, including a guy Kevin Durant who almost single handedly took his team at least to the conference finals, probably to the finals to win it. He was a big year. toe away. Yeah, yeah. If his big toe was <laughs> on, on that line, they would probably win the championship. Um, they they bring in a couple veteran guys in. Paul Millsap, Patty Mills, who, by the way, is like Australian Michael Jordan in the Olympics. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, Cam Thomas as their draft pick. I don't think he's going to play much this year. but Probably not, he's but like, he's a bucket. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are they bring back LaMarcus Aldridge. He's uh, Happily, he's okay, apparently. He's I'm glad he's a, healthy. His, 
yeah, his his heart's okay apparently. So he comes back to the Nets. Um, yeah, I don't know what we have to say about them. Yeah, um, I I think they're gonna be ultimately the number one seed in the Actually, East. Actually, wait, wait, wait. They're not gonna win. They're not gonna win the championship anymore, or get the one seed. You know why? Why? Today, today they traded away the best player in the league. <laughs> that they is traded, true. They traded away Seko and Boyan. <laughs> so, the championship talks are done. You know, the, the wiped off the table. Nets, not even a thirty-one team. No, just kidding. Um, the Mets, I think they're going to easily hit the sixty-win mark. Um, the big thing. Like I talked about with the Celtics, the big thing with this team is just health. Because um, honestly, in my honestly, uh, no bias, no anything. If they had Harden, Kyrie, and KD all healthy, obviously Harden had a hamstring injury. He was playing off an injured hamstring, and Kyrie wasn't even playing. He got injured in the beginning of that series against the Bucks. Um, but if they had Harden, Kyrie, and KD all healthy, I don't think the Bucks uh, would have won that series. Um, but just like I talked about with the Celtics, it's all about health. Uh, that's why I have the Celtics so high. And they also bring back Al Horford. Um, obviously he's older, but, um, he's, he's a good piece. Um, but going back to the Nets. Al Horford for defensive player of the year. For real. Um, but no, with the Nets, they're, they're, I don't know if it's going to be really a fight between them and the Bucks for the one seed. Um, but they're just too good. I mean, like how, we how close we, did we didn't fa- we didn't factor in rust or, or injuries in this, obviously. But so, like, I think with rest, I think it's gonna be. I don't even know. Like, the Bucks might not be a top two seed. If I'm just saying, if every team just played their guys healthy for 82 games, that's what I think would happen. Yeah, yeah. My list, my list and rankings are full. Hundred percent healthy, like nothing wrong. Based on based and, on, well, okay, not not nothing wrong, but stuff that we know is not wrong. Like we're not yeah. predicting injuries, but like we know that Dante DiVincenzo is going to be out for a couple months, and then when we get to the West, we know that Jamal Murray, Kawhi, and even Clay's going to be out for a few months. Mm-hmm. So like we're not predicting injuries, but I'm just saying if everybody if if from here on out, like the injuries that are currently happening are happening. Once they come back, there's no injuries. Like this is what I think would happen. Yeah. So I think I, how close? How close do you think? Just to, we're gonna wrap this up probably in a little bit, but how close do you think the race is gonna be if 100% healthy, like Nets versus the Bucks for the one seed? Like how many games behind are, is the two? Oh, seed? Within, within within five games. Okay, I, I can I see that. I think the Nets can win like, I mean, the Nets can win like seventy probably, but I think though realistically, if they played everybody the full season, they'd probably win like sixty-six. I think the Bucks can win sixty-ish. Yeah, we didn't we didn't factor in wins either. We didn't predict wins either. That would have been tougher to well, do. Well, yeah, because like if somebody wins, somebody has to lose. Like there's yeah. only a certain amount of wins to go around, and I don't know that number, yeah. so I'm not going to predict it. All right, so yeah, we we have yeah. Yeah, we're pretty much done here. We have, um, Luke and I, we got? yeah, I got, I got nothing else. Um, obviously, we picked the, we predicted the same two, one and two seeds. Uh, the biggest, the biggest difference in our rankings is probably from 
the third seed on, obviously, but like really from the seventh seed to about the tenth seed is where we had the biggest differential in teams and where we had them ranked. So it'll be fun to. All right. So we have some technical difficulties uh, coming out of this week's episode. Uh, so this this will just about wrap up this week's episode of the Hoopside Podcast, where Luke and I go through the 15 teams in the Eastern Conference standings and figure out where we have them ranked going into the 2021-2022 season. Um, a lot of teams improved. A lot of teams stay the same. And the bottom of the conference is what it is, I guess. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, we'll be done for the week here. Uh, but next week, Luke and I will have the Western Conference standing predictions for you. And that'll drop on Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I believe. So you guys don't want to miss that. Hope you all enjoyed um, this episode of the Hoops High podcast and hope to see you guys next time.